That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch and shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. Brought to you by both uh, Mark Miller Subaru locations, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz win tonight over the Magic 109-102. Let's take a look at your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Tonight, Ben, the Jazz were 42 of 90 from the field, 46.7%. They were 15 to 36 from three, 41.7%. They were led by Boyan Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell, they both had 30 points apiece. Joe Ingles with a monster game, 16 points and 12 rebounds. How about that for Joe? And Rudy Gobert with 12 points, 19 rebounds, Ben. And I love this stat. Five assists for Rudy That's tonight. That's great. It's a very good number. That's terrific for him. And the ball looked like that in the first half. The ball was really flying around. Uh, it was getting in and, and being pushed out, and the Jazz were finding open three-point shooters and making the extra pass and uh, redirecting the ball back to open shooters after giving the ball up. It was unselfish and it was fun, and I thought actually a lot of that had to do with my Mike Conley being back in the lineup, I thought he kind of helped generate that, even though Mike's numbers didn't look very good and, again, had to sub out with uh, about 10 and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter and never returned with a hamstring injury. So some concern there, but it was nice to see the Jazz play at that high of a level, and it felt like Quinn Snyder had finally kind of figured out that rotation that he wanted because that five-man unit the Jazz were starting games with in Conley's absence was good, and Snyder was going back to that about four minutes into each half by subbing uh, Mike Conley out of the game for Royce O'Neal. It looked good. It looked like maybe the Jazz had their strongest, you know, first 10 mm-hmm. minutes of a quarter that they've had all year long. And y- you hate to see uh, Mike miss extended time now if, if he misses more with that hamstring injury because the Jazz are going to take it slow. I mean, th- that second injury is always scarier than the first. Yeah, 100%. And they are going to take it slow and should take it Absolutely. slow. Absolutely. But the problem is, is that, you know, incorporating Mike Conley has been a big storyline this year for, yep. a, for a good reason because he's a really good player. They're paying him a lot of money and they, you know, frankly, they brought him in here to rely on him a little bit and so have him not be on the floor of course is tough but having him not fall in sync with his teammates is also even tougher and we talked about this in the pregame Ben and we don't know how long Mike's going to be out now I, I would imagine it's going to be multiple games because they are going to to take it slow but they are an extremely thin team yep and so with Mike Conley not in the lineup I mean it's just an you know you take out of the equation that he's Mike Conley you yeah. know he's a great NBA basketball player but he's a he's a warm body drawing breath yeah. which they they absolutely need on this roster and it almost cost them tonight not having somebody having to go to George Nying and we love gorgeous George of course on this show but you know it was it it's tough when those reserves come in and that yeah. lead evaporates and a really tough spot for George Nying to check in when all the momentum is going the Orlando Magic yeah. way and he's ice cold and hasn't played for three quarters and then is thrown in and said okay save us you know and he came out shooting and just didn't hit and ended up being a minus eight in the three minutes he was on the floor but you know he came in with a you know a, a tiny little uh, life raft in the middle of a tsunami. It looked like there for the Jazz, there wasn't really much he was going to do to stop it. So I, I wouldn't put that all on George and Yang. But the important thing is the Jazz won 109 to 102 at the end of the game. And Jake 444 left. The Orlando Magic go up 10 or 97 to 90, and they had an 88 percent win probability at that point. 88%. Jazz wow. really overcame the odds to come back and get that victory. Uh, and Donovan stunk. Absolutely uh, lit a fire under the team. Yep. And and actually, Donovan made multiple plays down the stretch and in the clutch. And I think that's a, a, a really positive sign. I know this seems like the obvious take of the night, Ben. But, I mean, what they need Donovan for is to take over in those fourth quarter moments and when they need a bucket. And, you know, if they their stretches with the bench or whatever where they, they're not scoring, you know, that's where they need Donovan Mitchell. But, but truly... 
you know, that's that's a big part of the next step to his game is when his team needs it the most and times, you know, dwindling down, they need somebody to go out there and make plays. Uh, that's what Donovan Mitchell can do, and that's what Donovan Mitchell did tonight. I think it's a really good sign. And thank goodness he went to the he went to the rim. I mean, that was yeah. signified by the dunk, obviously. You, you have to be at the rim, but after that, he kept going back to the rim, and, and he didn't settle for three-point shots saying, well, I made a dunk that maybe, maybe I can hit the three mm-hmm. next. No, he kept going, and, and he ended up taking the floaters, which have not been great for him over the last maybe month and a half now, which were pretty good to start the season, but have trailed off. Uh, but he hit a couple of big floaters, and you needed him to hit big shots, and he did, and that's why you have a superstar. That's why you want a superstar, and uh, you got him. You know, you've got Donovan Mitchell to come in and win you these types of games, and that's exactly what he did. And by the way, Bogdanovich playing somewhat on superstar level as well. Yes. Another game with 30 points Fabulous. where he's just been an unbelievable pickup for this team. And I, I can't even imagine, you know, what we'd be talking about right now weren't it for Bogdanovich, who, you know, I, I always throw Rudy into this category as well, but they've been the, the most consistent jazz players thus far this year. And, and you know what? We made a vow, Ben. We weren't going to take Donovan for granted. He's been fairly consistent this year as well. So maybe we should mention him in that sentence. But just seems like Bogdanovich Jeez, has had good game bogey. after good game. I mean, the, the, the I know you're talking about it, so you're not overlooking it, but hit 35 and 5 tonight. Like, those are incredible numbers. Those are LeBron numbers. That's what LeBron James does. And I know he doesn't impact the game like LeBron, certainly on both sides of the floor, but 30 points, five rebounds, and five assists on 22 shots and 11 threes. He made six of them. I think you'll take that. You'll, I mean, that is, that's <laughs> extremely high level all star play from Boyan Bogdanovich tonight, and you needed every second of it. And then uh, Donovan Mitchell, who was even better. I mean, that's that's the recipe for some wins right there. All right, let's throw things now down to the podium uh, where Quinn Snyder is addressing the media. What happened with uh, Mike Conley there in the fourth quarter? Um, they're evaluating him right now, so I'm not going to speculate, but you guys will know as soon as, as, soon as they're ready to be certain about it. Yeah. I know you got to ask him. Understood. Yeah. I uh, wanted to ask about, obviously, the the run that they went on at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth, and then what changed for you guys to turn the game around? Well, I, I thought, you know, the, it, we played some of the best defense in the half court that we've played in a while. Um, you know, I, I thought there was a, a few looks that we had um, during that stretch that, that might have changed it a little bit. Um, you know, they were, they were getting stops, and they were able to get out. And, you know, I, I thought we were... We were running back. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Augustine got it going. I thought the end of the quarter really hurt us. You know, we gave up six points and um, one foul and one or with a made three. And we had worked really hard to get to where we were. And sometimes that can be deflating. Uh, I thought we came out in the fourth quarter, you know, in a good place mentally. But then we, that was when felt like offensively we didn't hit some shots and they they turned them in the buckets so um, I think as much as that period of the game um, the way that we finished the game with I don't know what the run was but um, to, went from down seven to, to what we did at the end of the game was just was really good execution and we took the defense back up to a higher level when you made the comeback I mean you, you got down you're down by seven I think and uh, you were able to kind of turn it around can you talk about uh, the, the mentality it takes to kind of forget about the fact that you lost the lead, but you were still able to turn it around and, and, and get the win? Yeah, I, I think there was one time out where, I mean, we were talking to each other, um, but to the extent it felt like there was some sort of discouragement on the team. You're always aware of that, and that didn't happen. You know, and I think the guys in the huddle that were in the game, um, you know, kept their focus. And there was no hanging your head or this happened or that happened, you know, there was a couple mistakes and, you know, we didn't let those mistakes split us apart as much as bring us together and that's what the game reflected. Quinn, you mentioned before the game that uh, ball movement and spacing mm-hmm. would, would help the offense improve. It seemed like there were a lot of extended periods where that happened. What What's your evaluation of how the offense looked tonight? Well, that, that's how we want to play and, you know, I think I've said before, it, it sometimes... Um, Sometimes it's not not easy, particularly if you get a little fatigued and um, you, you take some shortcuts. Um, but I thought we were we were committed. You know, I think you know they made some plays at the rim when even when we got to the rim. Um, but that's you know the, the, if the ball can stay moving like that, the way our team's constructed, um, I think it gives a lot of guys to the opportunity, different guys, the opportunity to attack. Um, 
you know, when you get tired and you're not, you know, you're taking the ball out of the net, um, sometimes that's hard. Um, but I thought, you know, down the stretch, we obviously, you know, went to, you know, Boyan and Donovan and a little two-man game. And, um, you know, that's been a good combination for us and uh, keeps Rudy on the offensive glass as well. Coach, you went with a different starting lineup tonight, first one of the year. Is that, uh, were you happy with the way that turned out for the first and third quarters? Yeah, I've been reading all the blogs and then, and then I got a tweet now too, so I'm just taking good advice from everywhere I can get it. Um, I filled up my car at the, the service station the other day and they told me too, so I'm, I'm going to try to listen. It's the, the you, you all know how I feel about starting lineups, um, but I don't feel that way based on how the team functions and plays. I feel that way based on um, the mentality that, that we have about starting being such an important thing. And you don't want to be married to a starting lineup um, if it's not functioning the way you want. And that's not the case here. You know, the, 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 the situation itself, for instance, we changed the starting lineup when Mike went out. You know, that wasn't necessarily a function of us looking for something different, um, but it made sense. And, you know, I think, you know, everybody's seen the way that, um, you know, Joe started to find his timing and some of his confidence shooting the ball. Um, we've started Royce. Um, that's kind of the, that's been the, the two lineups, so to speak. We've started Royce. He's done an unbelievable job. You go down the list of, you know, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, D'Angelo Russell. I mean, it goes on and on. Um, so having him in there defensively at the beginning of the game has made sense. Um, I think tonight we we were playing, we wanted to play Joe and Mike together. Um, we've been playing Donovan in three different That That's a lot, kind of how the team functions at various times. The starting lineup, you know, sometimes it dictates that because when you start somebody, they got to come out at some point. So when do they come out? Who do they come back in with? So those are all the things that, that we considered. And... You know, I think that you know, the best thing about our team is I pulled Royce in today um, before the scouting report where we announced the starting lineups because I, I, you know, I don't like guys to be surprised by those things. There's just the and Royce is like, coach, I'm, you know, like I don't, I'm good. I want to win, and it's like, well, that's exactly why I want to tell you too because um, he doesn't care, Joe doesn't care. They just want to win, so we're going to start to the guys that we think at a given time make the most sense and you don't always finish with the same guys at the start we did tonight actually we didn't tonight because Mike didn't finish Quinn I, I believe this is the first time in your tenure that you've had two 30 point scorers in a game and I'm just curious what that opens up for yeah. you as, as a coach with, with two guys who can score like Bogey and, and Donovan can I think it opens up the same things as one guy that gets 29 when another guy gets 28. So I think that the, the consistent thing is what we talked about earlier. Um, when we do have different guys that can make plays and, and get shots, it's incumbent upon them to be unselfish. And, you know, there's a few times Boyan moved the ball and you think, oh, why don't you shoot that? And I, I think there's still times where we overpass. Um, you know, one time it led to a three-second call. One time it led to a guy being out of bounds when we had a shot. So um, those aren't things necessarily you want to quote-unquote live with, but the mentality is the mentality we want. Um, you know, Mike's had 30 in a game, I think, this year. You know, there's different – I don't know if Rudy's had 30, but 26, 27, you know, I don't know where you draw the line. Um, but it's good to see, you know, multiple guys be able to put the ball in the basket, and I think that balance is something that not only – do we appreciate, but we need to take advantage of. All right, that was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as his team beat the Magic tonight, 109-102. And real quick, Ben, you know, I, I you hear what Coach Snyder says about the starting lineup, and they, they moved Royce to the bench. And I get what he's saying. Jerry Sloan used to say it all the time, too, right? It's not who start, starts, who's fini- who finishes. And, and Coach was trying to downplay that and, and did it in kind of a, you know, a sarcastic way. But then goes on to say that he – talked to Royce O'Neal before yeah. everything was announced because he wanted to be up front with him and be honest with him. So he's not doing that with Royce because it doesn't matter. These things right. matter, and you have to handle the internal politics and do all that correctly. So I get what Coach is saying right there, but there's also a reason he was concerned enough to you know, uh, to talk to his player before he found out another way. I mean, he's always kind of railed against the idea of you know clean numbers, which is we like to measure numbers by numbers that end in zero, whether that's 10 or 20 or 30, and he, he spoke there. 
there to, to Andy Larson about, you know, I don't care if they scored 29 and 28 versus having two right. players score 30. And, you know, but, but at the same time, he, he does have to do some ego juggling. Right. Uh, and, and you have to as a head coach. And that's something that Quinn probably does better than we give him credit for. We talk about how good he is with the analytics and, and you know, players seem to like him. But he, he really he doesn't seem to have a lot of guys who rebel against him right. ever. Uh, and that's ego management. And that's, you know, when, when we talked about Phil Jackson being the Zen master, that's what he did so well. What was he found a way to keep these big tempers that existed in Chicago and L.A. from really boiling over for the most part. And Quinn's done a nice job of that. But you're right. You know, the starting lineup does matter. And Quinn knows it matters because uh, he knows those are the most minutes you're going to play of any uh, unit together in, in any game and certainly over the entire stretch of a season. But I also feel like Quinn is having a hard time having people talk about what the lineups should be or looking at what the lineup numbers are because it's not like he gets to dictate every game which lineup plays. He yeah. would have loved to have closed the game with Mike Conley tonight. He didn't get the choice to do that. All right, we want to remind you of the day after every Jazz win, home or away, Little Caesars is giving you free pizza. Order one custom round multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you'll receive a free large extra-most bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code UTAHJAZZ, all one word, valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations, mobile orders only. Want to remind you, go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com, your final Jazz beat the magic tonight 109 102 we'll take you down in the locker room we'll continue to break this one down as well coming up next here on the jazz radio network Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Your final tonight, 109 102. The Jazz victorious over the Orlando Magic. We'll take you down in the locker room coming up here momentarily, but let's take a look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1 800 Go Serta or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Tonight, points in the paint. Ben, close. Magic outscoring the Jazz. 54-52. And uh, Orlando, not shooting the ball well from three, actually did do a nice job about uh, getting to the basket at times. And in fact, uh, Ben, I, one of the things I was keeping my my eye on, just because we haven't seen the guy so much, is Markel Fultz. And I know he was minus 19 tonight, but I thought he played pretty well. Six of 13. He had 14 points. He was getting into the paint and making things happen. Uh, I was... Impressed. Maybe it was because I wasn't expecting much, but I thought he played all right. He looks like an NBA player. Yeah. That's a success. That's what uh, Orlando needed when they traded for him because he didn't look like an NBA player at basically any point when he was in Philly. I know he had one weird random triple-double, but yeah, he has not looked like a player. So good for him. He'd actually hit a three and looked okay. And, you know, that's that's what he's got to do. And he's got to continue to build on it. This was such a weird game with the Jazz going up 18 and looking as good as they did and then blowing it, being down seven with four minutes and coming back and getting the victory. Orlando's a pretty good basketball team. They're not great. They're not a good road team. They're just 4-9 and nine now. But this was a game the Jazz had to win, and they found a way to do it. That's important. Uh, DJ Augustine also did a lot of uh, damage in the paint for the Orlando Magic there in the fourth quarter as he finished the game uh, with 22 points on 8 of uh, on eight of 10 shooting. And as far as the Jazz go, Donovan Mitchell, especially in the clutch, did a nice job getting into the paint, as you mentioned earlier, Ben, and, and getting some, I don't want to call them easy shots, but but – more high percentage shots for him. It seemed at times in the middle of that fourth quarter they were really settling for the three and and Donovan forcing the issue made a big time difference in the fourth quarter. Yeah, if you're not going to pass the ball, which is what the Jazz stopped doing over the last, I guess, or the first seven minutes, I'll say, of the fourth quarter, if you're not going to pass, don't take a contested three. At least get to the rim and try and force something. And that's what Donovan did over that second, or I, I should say the last four minutes or so of that fourth quarter. Even if he wasn't going to pass, at least he was going to attack, and, and he attacked brilliantly. We talked about how uh, two things that Orlando does really well is they don't turn the ball over and they don't foul. They only had 18 personal fouls tonight, Ben, and three turnovers. Yeah, it's crazy. So Orlando, you know, just to kind of back up what you're talking about, that they're a decent team. They're not really going to make a lot of mistakes to beat themselves. Yep. I mean, they didn't shoot particularly well from three, and sometimes those can be like turnovers if you miss them badly. But for the most part, I mean, Orlando's solid enough that, that if you have a lull like the Jazz did in the fourth quarter, they're good enough to make you pay, and they're not going to beat themselves. I thought David had a really good stat where he said they had one loss this year that they should have won and one win that they shouldn't have, you know, that they probably should have lost. So right. that means 
they they play who they are. I mean, that they, they mm-hmm. do not have a wide variance on their play where, you know, any given night, some teams are going to go out and beat the Lakers and then are going to lose to the, the Atlanta Hawks the next night. There are teams like that in the league. That's not who the Magic are. They, they know who they're supposed to beat, and they beat them, and they know who they're supposed to lose to, and they lose. And they kind of did both tonight against the Jazz, right? Like when the Jazz are playing poorly... The Orlando Magic should beat the Jazz when the Jazz have a right. poor run. And they, they got up to seven. And when the Jazz are playing well, the Magic shouldn't be good enough to beat the Jazz. And, you know, believe it or not, they weren't. <laughs> that, that ended up being the end of the game. So I think you saw both of that from the Magic tonight. But those teams are good enough to hang around, especially when they're around 500. What a manic performance. Up 18 to down seven to winning in the end. Yeah. <laughs> That's what three-point shooting will do for you. Yeah, Honestly, true. you know, and, and the Jazz went really cold to, to start that fourth quarter uh, from three and then late hit a couple of big ones. All right, let's take a look at your assist feature. Proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller Dealerships is donating $50 for each assist uh, to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you tonight. Uh, you like this number, Ben. Uh, the Jazz 27 assists on 42 made field goals. That's a really nice number for them, especially as we've been concentrating so much recently on on ball movement and I realize that the assists don't necessarily tell the whole story but that's a nice number tonight when the Jazz are playing well the ball is moving that, that's it's that simple it's not Donovan Mitchell is going for 45 points or Boyan Bogdanovich is red hot from three it's everybody's touching the ball Jazz are getting open looks whether that's Joe Ingles whether that's Royce O'Neal whether it's Donovan Mitchell attacking the rim or Rudy getting a dunk that's what's the cause, is the Jazz moving the ball. And, and they did it for long stretches today. Again, it looked like that third quarter against Minnesota where the ball was just flying around and the Jazz were toasting teams. They need to figure out a way to make that a constant every game, all the time. And the best teams find a way to do that. But that's the high potential this team has. And they'll get. I suspect they'll get there this year. And Mike Conley's numbers didn't look great tonight. And, and of course, he left with another hamstring issue in the fourth quarter. But he did have six assists in 19 minutes. So maybe that's a sign that, that when he does get back and playing that he is getting it a little bit and, and will continue to move the ball. And he, I don't want to say he looked comfortable tonight because I don't know if we really got a taste of it. I mean, just yeah. he only played 19 minutes and it just it was kind of fleeting. We didn't see him in the, in the clutch at all. But may, you hope maybe six assists is a good sign. It felt to me like the team was playing much more confidently with Conley back. And then as soon as he was ruled out, they fell apart. Right. Like they're like, back back to where we were, back to being shorthanded. But just knowing he was in the rotation, it felt like everyone was playing more unselfishly. Everyone was playing better, understanding that they were at full strength. So if he's out, they've got to fix that attitude and, and you know, say, well, next man up and, and keep playing that way. But it was good to see that when he was back, they were playing as well as they were. All right. We want to remind you, go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback available now. Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. The Jazz victorious tonight, 109-102 over the Orlando Magic. We'll get you sound from the locker room. We'll continue to break this one down coming up next here on Jazz Game Night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. Game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. 109 to 102 is your final. The Jazz beat the Magic, moving to 16 and 11 on the season, 11 and 3 at home. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell both had 30 points apiece. Ben, the, the bench, which will continue to be a story, and we'll get you down in the locker room coming up here momentarily, but the bench tonight. Uh, they had 14 total bench points, 11 of which came from Royce O'Neal. Realizing that he came off the bench, I don't know if I'm really counting him in that category for this, uh, the purposes of this conversation. And uh, Emmanuel Moutier didn't score. He was plus five. He had a couple of assists, and I actually thought he played all right in 11 minutes, but the Jazz just still need much, much more from these guys. Yeah, the it's it's it was weird when you didn't get Mike Conley to come back and run that second unit because everything, all, all the adjustments Quinn Snyder made today in the starting lineup, which was starting Joe Ingles, bringing Royce O'Neal off the bench, subbing Mike Conley out and bringing Royce in about five minutes into the game and into the second half was about getting Mike Conley's playmaking with Joe Ingles at one point with that second unit because he realized we need to have two playmakers there. And that was successful with Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell, but he kept Donovan Mitchell longer in the game. Now, to put that short... Once Mike Conley couldn't come back in the game, the Jazz didn't have that second playmaker, and when they tried to go to Joe Ingles too much or Donovan too much, those guys were exhausted in the fourth quarter. 
to the point where you had to pull Joe Ingles, honestly, because he walked up the floor at one point just dead. And then you had to sub Donovan Mitchell out when you were losing a lead quickly and bleeding, I mean, hemorrhaging uh, uh, points. And you still had to pull Donovan out because you said, if you don't get two minutes here, Jazz have no chance to win this game. And it was exactly right. Quinn Snyder was smart pulled Donovan, put him back in, rested, and got the victory. But that that bench was set up to be run by Mike Conley and Joe Ingles tonight. And then when Mike Conley was gone, it just it, that that idea fell apart. And then there's nothing Quinn can do about that. Well, in fact, uh, Quinn had to call his second to last time out much sooner than yes. he probably wanted to just to get Donovan back into the game. But you're right. He had to get him out, had to give him that breather. In fact, you and I were, uh, I think there was about eight and a half, nine minutes to go. We're thinking, uh, we were talking, is, is are Rudy and Donovan going to have to go the rest of the way? And the, the truth is pretty close. Yep. Rudy did go the rest of the way, and Donovan uh, got a couple minutes breather there. But uh, Bogdanovich, 37 minutes tonight. Joe Ingles, 37 minutes tonight. Rudy Gobert, 37 minutes tonight. Donovan Mitchell, 35, and Royce O'Neal, 35. Yep. So, I mean, <laughs> the they they had to tape it back together in the fourth quarter and get those guys out there, and it worked. It worked, and and, and it worked. And Donovan had enough en- energy to put down that monster dunk and to make a couple of clutch buckets going down the stretch. But I mean, they're not going to long term. They're not going to be able to get away to playing those guys that many minutes. I mean, no, it's just not going to work. And you go back to now, if Mike Conley's out for a significant amount of time, and, and who knows? Quinn Snyder said uh, in post game he wasn't going to elaborate on it or speculate on it because he doesn't know he's being evaluated, but you will adjust accordingly. And you did over the last five games without Mike Conley, and you went 3-2 and two in that stretch. It wasn't like the Jazz were 1-4. and four. You know, the Jazz were okay. They weren't great, and they're better with Mike Conley in the lineup, but they were okay without him and will survive again if he's not able to play on this road trip. It's hard. It's not what you want to do, but but you can win these games without Mike Conley. Certainly. I mean, the, Miami's a really good team on this road trip, but there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to beat Charlotte without Mike Conley. And the problem is the Jazz have a nine-man rotation, and with Mike Conley out, they really have about eight guys that are playable. Maybe even fewer, depending on the night. Depending on the night, yeah. Depending on who's got what going. Yep. So, and they're going to have to rely on these guys more and more, and that's why there's a lot of speculation about are the Jazz going to make one of those minor moves to shore things up. But the truth is, I don't know how much they could really do. Yeah. I mean, they might be able to scour the buyout market when that becomes more... Uh, plentiful, yeah. I guess, so to speak. <laughs> Nothing like a plentiful buyout market. <laughs> well, it's something, you know, and maybe it's somebody. I mean, I, I'm seeing the buzz on Twitter about Jamal Crawford. Yeah, I got a tweet I, about Jamal Crawford. Too. I don't know if if that's necessarily the answer, but that's where that's where folks are at. I mean, that's where fans are at sure. to figure out a way because you know we're talking to a lot of smart jazz fans driving home today. They Absolutely. get it. They watched the game Haven't tonight. People seen Carmelo come back and win Player of the Week yeah. for the you know for the uh, the Blazers and was was on that scrap heap. Let's not pretend like he deserved that Player of the Week though. I mean, it's a nice story, but really, was Melo the best he player was, in the he NBA? Was during better that than week? James Harden and Luka Doncic. Yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, James Harden's throwing up, you know, or Luca's putting up with like 50 point triple doubles yep. or whatever, but let's go ahead and throw that on our Mellow's way. <laughs> anyway. I'll let you have that one. But I think that's why people are saying, hey, how about that yeah. Jamal Crawford? Yeah. But they need scoring, and that's what Jamal does. But I mean, you need an identity right. with that second unit. And they haven't been able to establish it because they've been short players, not because Quinn Snyder doesn't know what he wants it to look like. They just don't have a consistency with the actual bodies that are there. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, when you have two $30 million players, I mean, that's takes up a substantial portion of your salary cap and you got to figure out a way to, to fill out the roster with not a ton of extra money, which is a luxury that they've had in previous years. All right, let's go down to the locker room where Donovan Mitchell is talking to the media. Uh, just relentlessness. You know, we're continuing to fight. You know, it's they're a good team. You know, they, they we took them out of a lot of their actions and then unfortunately they got hot and, you know, but we bounced back and um, everyone did their thing. Yeah, defense, we talked about half-court defense doing their thing down the stretch there. You as well really fueling it with that dunk. What is your mindset like in the huddle at those moments? Honestly, um, we just came out and said, look, like, you know, they're going to make a push. We just got to be able to push back. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know how the guy's name I dunked the ball because I didn't have any legs the whole game, to be honest with you. But, you know, sometimes you just got to fight through it and play through fatigue. And I think we all did that. You know, I think a lot of us were a little tired at the end. You saw it, but we fought through it. Are you trying to send a message or swing momentum with a big play like that? I mean, yeah, you know, I, I understand with a guy like that, you can't you can't, uh, you can't, can't lay it up. You know, you got to go up there and try and dunk it. And I'm hoping to get to a point, you know, where they treat, like, you know, guys like Braun and, you know, stuff like that where they just move out the way. You know, I'm hoping to get to that point. But I'm so small that people still want to jump. So just got to keep trying to get up there and try and dunk every chance I get. Um, but like I said, I don't know how. Um, tonight happened. I I didn't even dunk in warm-ups. I just didn't have any legs. But, you know, like I said, push through. We 
Talk about the unselfishness of this team. A guy like Royce tonight, whether he's starting, whether he's coming off the bench, what he brought for you guys. Yeah, huge. I don't know if you got somebody push him at the end, you know, because he just made so many big plays. Stuff that doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet, you know, contesting shots, making shots tougher. You know, he took Terrence Ross out of a lot of stuff, and he's a he's a very good player, very good guy coming off screening actions. And, you know, for him to be able to do that for us, it, it creates a, a big spark for us and allows us to, you know, continue just to be who we are. The bench seemed to be sparked when he had the 50-50 rebound where he's out outsized and he makes it happen, and then the tip at the end for Joe. Yeah, it was, man, that was, that was huge. That's just, that's just, oh. Man, y'all came in a hurry. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's just who he is, man, making the extra plays and sacrificing his body, you know, for, for us. You know, and that's why we respect him and respect what he does. And, you know, being able to do that for us, that's, that's a, it's a huge thing for us. You and Mogi became the first Jazz teammates since 2008. Wow. Um, he found me, I found him. <laughs> no, like, uh, um, no, no, I think just for us, it's, I think – you know, one thing I'll, I'll say, you know, from the, the past two years, you know, obviously you guys have known, like, you know, offensively for me, it's sometimes been tough decision making. You know, he makes my life a lot easier. You know, um, him, my, uh, he makes my life. I'm speaking just for myself, but obviously the team as well. But, you know, having a guy where you can run actions through him making decisions in the clutch. And like I said uh, before, you know, when you get to, I think, was it six minutes in the game and under, like, you know, he doesn't. Hey, chill out. <laughs> uh, he doesn't miss. You know, I think you know, that's just having that type of confidence. You know, the ISO at the end where he hits the three. Like, I didn't think he was going to miss that. You know, and having that confidence, you know, being able to run and respace, knock down a three, um, makes our team a lot better. And then we just continue, like I said for myself, to continue just to find ways to get better. You know, I'll um, hit two shots at the end. But my favorite play is even though Royce traveled, like, the two passes, you know, because I don't know if I make those passes in year one or year two, even earlier in this year. So that's that's what I'm trying to work on. But um, it's pretty cool to, to, to be able to do that. You go from 18 down to or 18 up to 17 down or seven down in a matter of moments and how do you handle that mentally? How are you guys able to overcome that? I'm just fighting through. I think just continuing, like I said, to be relentless. You know, I understand they're going to make a push, they're going to make a run, you know, but we, we know what we had to do and we knew what we had to do and, you know, we got stops got and, and got going. You know, it's continuing to push through and, um, at the end of the day, you know, we, we got a lot of guys that can score. We got a lot of guys that can defend, and we communicated very well. That play where you find Bouillon in the corner, mm-hmm. but, like, you draw the traffic. Are you sensing in that possession, all right, I must be drawing traffic because of the plays you're making? Yeah, you know, the initial drive is, all right, I'm trying to get to the rim, you know, and then you see the defense collapse, and you always got to have an eye of where Bouillon's at. You know, that's pretty much how I operate him and Joe, like, when I drive, having an eye, you know, where they're at, and I see him kind of sneaking behind Rudy. And Rudy rolling really helped, you know, because draws two for for that and then you know he's open for the three so being able to like I said I don't think I even explain it to you that in depth you know last year or the year before that so just being able to understand all right where's boy on that like how do I get him a look how do I get Joe a look being able to to find that um but just dreaming to drive and create but you're uh, mentally slowing all that yeah, down. Like for all sure. of that is now, it's so much more clear. Yeah, for, for, for sure. I think it's just, it's not so much just getting to the rim. Now it's like, how do I find the, the next guy? You know, because I drew three people and then he's open. You got three games coming up now on the road. You had a tough road trip before, but now you've run three in a row. How do you use this momentum to uh, go on the road? And well, one, we got to keep a lead. You know, we can't continue to do this because uh, even though we played well down the stretch, you know, we, we I wouldn't say lucky, but we're getting, we're, we're doing our job, but we got to <clears throat> go from 17 to 25 to 30. We got to keep that, you know, so that's going to be the mindset. Step on these teams' throats from the jump. You know, we play a lot of good teams, and we just got to be out there and go out there and just keep, keep a lead, one, and also play together like we have been and just keep moving the ball. It really started in Minnesota, and um, we just got to keep playing with that same intensity and not worry about how many we won on the road and just go out there and do what we do. Guys, that's Donovan Mitchell. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, uh, Tony. Donovan Mitchell with 30 points tonight. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich with 30 points tonight, Ben. It's the first time two Jazz players have had 30-plus points in the same game since Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer on March 28th of 2008. So I know Quinn Snyder uh, didn't make a big deal out, out of that in his podium comments, but it is something that hasn't happened in 11 years. Yeah. Uh, it probably should happen just randomly. <laughs> you know, Jay Crowder and, and Donovan go off, especially because, you know, Donovan scores 30 somewhat frequently. And yeah. that Donovan talks about a lot in, in the post games. We've heard about, you know, how light his load feels now because Boyan Bogdanovich is on the team. And, you know, I, I think if you probably haven't really been paying attention to the Jazz, it sounds like Donovan is, you know, complaining or, or, or dogging the team. 
No, it's true. I mean, just the number of guys that can score 30 or have been able to around Donovan has been basically nobody, yeah. especially consistently. It took a crazy hot night from a player you know, out of nowhere to be able to put up 30. So now what is this, the seventh or eighth game we've seen Boyan put up 30 for the Jazz in 27 games or wherever we are into the season? That's that's a great number because you know those are games the Jazz have traditionally won. I, I'm guessing their record when he scored 30 is... You know, probably win 80 percent of those games or so. So, that that's very nice. It's a it's a nice thing to be able to fall back on. Let's take a look at your master of the glass. Brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. Here for another great year of basketball, and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Flight Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate five dollars for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all the proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house tonight. Uh, your master of the glass was Rudy Gobert with 19 rebounds. Certainly uh, Rudy wins this award a lot, Ben. 15 defensive, 4 offensive rebounds, but a quick shout out to Joe Ingles who had a dozen rebounds tonight, 12 boards for Joe, who had a sneaky, really good game. 16 points, 12 boards on 5 of 8 shooting. Obviously got the start even with Mike Conley's return and played really, really well. Yeah, uh, 12 rebounds is, is nice and you have to have that type of effort from Joe Ingles, and I don't know if it's an effort necessarily where he grabbed 12 rebounds. It wasn't like he was doing something necessarily different. Sometimes the ball bounces your way, but you need to have that big play from Joe, and we said before the game started, if if the Jazz want to have the success where they win in the playoffs, they need good Joe Ingles, and they got great Joe Ingles tonight. Yep. You know, 16 points, 12 boards, like you mentioned, a couple of assists, and really shot the ball well. That's that's incredibly high-level play, and the, the one great thing that's come out of this Mike Conley injury has been Joe Ingles having more time being able to think less because he's he's initiating less and, and getting back in that rhythm. All right, let's throw things back down to the locker room where Tony Parks is standing by with Rudy Gobert. Well, Rudy, tonight we know about the fourth quarter lead going away, but you guys got control of the game again. What was the biggest difference in your mind in terms of the game turning back into your favor? Well, I think we did. Uh, I think when they, they made the run, it was really off of turnovers, you know, and and of miss miss shots. Uh, I think overall we did a great job moving the ball and and we were very solid defensively in the half court, you know, and uh, I think it's great, you know, I felt something that I haven't felt in a while defensively, you know, as a team, we I think we, we back doing the little things that, that's going to help us be a great defensive team. At what point did you feel that in the course of tonight's game? From the beginning, I mean, from the beginning I saw that the communication was there, uh, we're boxing out on rebounds, you know, we're doing all the little details that... Uh, we haven't down, you know, lately, and that hurt us. And tonight we did that, and I think that's why we won the game. Could you feel the game change on Donovan's dunk, not just for the energy on the floor, the energy in the crowd, and just the overall sense of what was happening? I think that's that definitely shifted the momentum, you know. And I think, uh, I mean, I think right before that we we really we really tried to get stops, you know. And I think that dunk really gave us a little spark, you know, and especially offensively, and you know, and and got us going you know we, we were like okay let's go let's, let's win this game what is it like as a teammate when he starts to reach a different level like that because when he I mean there's a different level to him when he starts making plays like that so often I think it's great when he's aggressive and when he attacks the rim you know he, he has a great ability to you know to attack in space and and also he's very athletic so he can finish you know over the over the top of pretty much anyone and uh, you know when we play that way he puts a lot of pressure on defense and I think we did a great job tonight uh, doing that and moving the ball because they were really shifting in paint and you know and we got we got some great sh- great shooters in the corner so it's it was big. How much do you love this team on nights like tonight to let a group back in and then react and close out a basketball game? How much do you love the character of this? Group? I mean we we got competitors, you know we, we we know that we know we got a lot of pride and we know we got a we know we want to be you know one of the best team in the world, not not just the average team and. We know that you know it takes uh, takes a lot of hard work and there's some ups and some downs. But like I said, you know if we do it as as a team and we we compete as a team like we did tonight, defensively and offensively, I think we we're gonna get better and better. Quinn said even after you got down that you guys were never even in uh, you know you know what the mistakes you make that you always kind of had your composure and that you knew you could come back and win the game. How do you uh, maintain that level of uh, confidence in yourself, knowing that I mean, for instance, you uh, blew a 17 or 18 point lead? I mean, we know that NBA is a game of runs. Uh, some teams going to make runs. They're going to get somebody going to get hot. We're going to be shots. We're going to turn it over. We know that at the end of the day, the last six minutes is really what matters and. 
you know, and if we we gotta get be able to get to the next player and keep our composure. You know, it's it was still a tie game at one point. We got down five, but we knew that you know we they made some tough shots and we knew that we we're gonna make some shots that we missed, you know, so just gotta stay patient, you know, keep getting good shots, keep attacking, keep sharing the ball and and obviously keep getting the stops and the rebounds. Leslie for the game that ball spacing and or that spacing and ball movement are kind of the keys to getting the offense up to its potential. How do you feel the team did in those areas? I feel I feel like they were really trying to take away the role. You know, they were really they had a every time I rolled I, I felt like there was one or two guys in there. <laughs> so, you know, it, we had to move it. We had to get off the ball, either using me or just swinging the ball to the to the other side. And you know, and I think we did a great job doing that. And you know, it was the game plan. I think the, I think, you know, it took us a little while to adapt, but we got shooters, and it's really tough to guard when when we do that. You got three wins in a row now. You're going to go uh, to uh, Atlanta, Charlotte, Miami. How do you use uh, what you've done now in these last three games and the practices you've had to move along and, and hopefully win some of those games in a row? It's one game at a time. You know, uh, we're going to get ready for Atlanta, and you know they're a very talented team. So I'm just going to do what we do. You know, play as a team and and, and defend. And you said the, the last one here. Sorry, Rudy. You said the you felt good because the defense got it back a little bit. Some of the characteristics you want to see. Did you feel like your teammates felt the same way after the game? I mean, if you, you know, it feels good when we know that we we're doing that because it puts us in a position to get stops and and to win games. You know, and when we don't, sometimes we're gonna win. But that if you want to be the team that we want to be, we gotta bring that every night, and that's how we're gonna be able to beat the best teams, you know, in the West and and even in the East, I mean, that's how you're going to beat those teams, by playing defense and, and offensively, you know, putting a lot of pressure on, the, on their defense. Guys, that's Rudy Gobert. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Uh, Rudy Gobert tonight was a monster. Uh, as usual, Ben, he had 12 points, 19 rebounds, 5 assists. you got to love that 5 assist number. But he said something at the beginning of that interview with which I thought was really interesting. He said he, haven't, he hasn't felt the team play defense yeah. that way in a while. And they got back to the little things that make him good at, uh, at playing defense. But uh, I thought that was an interesting acknowledgement from Rudy. Yeah, uh, he said... They did the little things that they haven't done, including, you know, especially in the half court, boxing out and communicating, which are, you know, kind of fundamental and, and, and elementary things that we've seen. And maybe we just took it for granted because they did it so well over the past few seasons. But the Jazz getting back, and Quinn Snyder mentioned it too in post game that he, he thought it was as well as they played in the half court defensively in a long time. And that's, that's, that's a really good sign. Now, we told you before the game that because the starting lineup shoots so poorly for the Orlando Magic, they've got to get to the rim some, and they've got to try and attack the paint. And when you do that, you're really playing into the Jazz hands because you've got the best defender in the world in Rudy Gobert protecting the rim. So some of that probably should have been expected, but you need those things to build momentum and, and show you that, hey, those little things that Quinn Snyder, I'm sure, preaches every practice really do work and do make you a better basketball team. All right, your uh, final tonight from the uh, from the Vivid Smart Home Arena tonight, 109-102. Jazz get a win over the Orlando Magic. want to remind you, go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up on the other side, we'll find out what Ben Anderson is writing about for KSL Sports tonight. We'll also take a look at the three-game road trip on the horizon coming up and give final thoughts on this one as the Jazz beat the magic uh we'll break it down coming up next on the jazz radio network Your final, the Jazz beat the Magic tonight, 109-102. Jazz game night post-game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. Take a quick look at your three-point takeover, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. The Jazz tonight from 315 to 36, 41.7%. They were led by Boyan Bogdanovich, who was 6 of 11. Joe Ingles was 4 of 4. What a night for uh, for Joe. Donovan Mitchell tonight, 2 of Seven Royce O'Neal was three of six coming off the bench, and if you can shoot forty-two percent from three while taking uh, Ben thirty-six uh, threes, you're probably doing all right. Yep, and that's probably who this team is. In all honesty, I mean, they just to, to win games right now. 
because they have these weird lulls where they don't play well, and that happened at the end of the third quarter and, and into the much of the fourth quarter, they have to they have to outshoot teams to win games, and they they did that tonight, and that's what they had to do, and they got it done. As this team continues to adjust and, and does some of those things we were talking about in the last segment of, of playing better half-court defense, which they felt happened tonight, the Jazz will get easier and easier victories. But until then, you got to make shots, and they did. All right, let's let's uh, let's look ahead a little bit, Ben. Three-game road trip uh, coming up for the Utah Jazz before Christmas. They're going to be at Atlanta on Thursday, at Charlotte on Saturday, wrap up the road trip on Monday night against Miami, and then uh, take a couple of days off for Christmas, uh, return to action at home on Thursday against the Portland Trailblazers. But the Atlanta Hawks, look, they're a team that tonight, tonight, got 42 points, eight assists, and four rebounds out of Trey Young. And still lost by 17 points to the New to the York Lakers? Knicks. Oh, the Knicks. <laughs> oh, no. 143 to 120. And I got to admit, Ben, I, I thought the I thought the Hawks were going to be kind of one of those, um, you know, Dallas-like teams yeah. in the Eastern Conference where they had some young talent. I realize that Collins has been out, yeah. and he's a, he's a big part of what they do. But right now, Atlanta, they have the second worst, tied for the second worst record in the NBA at 6-21. and 21. That's got to be viewed as a... A really big disappointment for them. I don't know if they have enough uh, supporting players. They've got a lot of the same types of players, which are the Trey Youngs and the Jabari Parkers and those types of guys. I, they need the Royce O'Neals of the world. They need the guys who come in and do sacrifice their scoring ability. And you know, and Royce was great tonight scoring the ball. But you need those other guys who say, "Okay, I'll just do whatever you need me to to win to win games because I want to be in the NBA right. and I'll figure out how to get there." And Jabari's just bouncing around the league, continuing to collect paychecks, doing whatever he wants to do. Uh, and that's not always what wins basketball not, games. Not playing defense. Not going to play no defense. No, nope, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, and same with uh, Trey Young for the most part. So they they will get better when John Collins comes back. Uh, but yeah, no question, a disappointing game uh, season, I should say. And certainly losing by twenty to the Knicks is disappointing for anybody. That is ridiculous. But I mean, that has oh, just... it's twenty three. I actually had the wrong final score there. I apologize. Still one forty three to one twenty. Yeah, major trap game. For the Jazz going to Atlanta. Yeah. Jazz have struggled in Atlanta uh, historically, kind of, especially over the last, let's say, decade or so. It doesn't feel like they've played traditionally well on the road. Uh, some crazy games, some overtime games that they've lost. And didn't they go to quadruple overtime? Yes, maybe? they did. And, uh, you know, Trey Young's a, a star. Trey Young really is a, is a legit future superstar. So you, you've got to play well. You can't let them beat you just because they're so bad and, and you expect to walk in with a victory because the Jazz can't do that against anyone. I mean, the Jazz were up 18 tonight and almost lost. So you have to play tough. And then Charlotte's okay. Charlotte's not as good as this Orlando team, but it's in Charlotte. And again, they can beat you. And then Miami's just very good. I honestly thought that these two teams would be flip-flopped. Like, Charlotte's a little yeah. better than I thought that yep. they would be, and Atlanta's way worse than I thought that they would be. And, and right now, Trey Young has a little bit of that Devin Booker in Phoenix from a couple yep. of years ago exactly. feel to him, doesn't he? Yep. Scores a lot, doesn't help a lot. Not really a great teammate, but he's a great player and still has a little bit to learn, which we're actually seeing sure. in Phoenix with uh, with Devin Booker. And actually, I think Ricky Rubio, from a, I guess, like a mentorship standpoint, yep. has been really, really good for Devin Booker as that team's a lot better. But... Uh, interesting. You, you bring up those tough nights in Atlanta. What was it, uh, Hayward's last year here, where they had a really rough loss in Atlanta? Yep. So, but I mean, the way that the Hawks are playing right now, you would think they'd be able to go in there and get a win. You would hope so. Uh, you know, go two and three on this road trip. That would be a, a very big success for the Jazz. Three and three and zero oh would be a, a would coup. be enormous. If you can beat Miami in Miami, not a lot of teams are doing that right now, so that would be huge. But if you beat the teams you're supposed to on the road, you will finish at 500 on the road. And the Jazz are a good home team. Still, their yeah. Jazz are a good home team. So if you can do that, you can get around 50 wins and, and be in a good spot at the end of the year. But that comes with winning 50 percent of those games on the road, and that means beating the teams you should. And the Jazz should beat Atlanta and should probably beat Charlotte. All right, Ben, what are we, and I say we like I have anything to do with it, but what are we riding at KSL Sports tonight? Uh, I always look at the uh, the close-up, kind of the mid-range, and I, and I look at the big picture for the Jazz, and the close-up obviously tonight is, is what it looks like without Mike Conley and how the Jazz continue to look and, and what that means. That's, that's another tough loss for him to check out of the game with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter with the hamstring injury, and you hope it's not serious. The good news and the upside is the Jazz know what to do without him because they've had to do it for the last five games, so at least there's some glimmer of hope with, with, with uh, Mike Conley out of the game. 
and then you know that that run was great, and and maybe that's the confidence that that Donovan Mitchell needs to get back to playing at that superstar level that he started the season with, ended all of last season with, and it's kind of had a little bit of a lull, uh, I think, in the middle where things got heavy for him, and he was trying to do a lot to fix the team, and and it's not his job to fix it all by himself. So I think that was the good sign, and then big picture, what 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 did the Jazz do from here with this rotation, and and you know. Good news is Joe Ingles looks good again. You know, there, there's more help, certainly, for Donovan Mitchell right now on this team, and it goes back to having two guys who can score 30 now. And they did tonight. Bogdanovich with 30, Mitchell with 30. Uh, Boyan did it on 11 of 22 shooting, which is terrific. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell on 13 of 23. Joe Ingles tonight, 16 points, 12 rebounds. Rudy Gobert, 12 points. And 19 rebounds. Royce O'Neal had 11 points coming off the bench. I'm imagining that's going to be a short-lived bench situation for Royce with Mike Conley, who, uh, if you're just joining us, left the game, uh, re-aggravating that left hamstring. And uh, they just said officially he was going to miss the game, the rest of the game tonight. But I would imagine, Ben, that's probably going to turn into at least a few games for Mike Conley because they're going to want him back healthy. Everyone hated, again, the Carlos Boozer hamstring injury and and how long it took to to get back. But... I mean, he, got, he came back after five games today. Mike Conley didn't got hurt again. I yeah. mean, it's kind of the rule of thumb, which is how long do you think it's going to take to get back? Okay, then double it. You know, and that's what ankle rolls are. That's what hamstrings are. They're just so easy to re-aggravate. And that's, it's scary, especially, you know, as your body starts to change as you get into your 30s. And that's where Mike Conley is right now. All right. We want to say a big thanks to Locke and Boone doing their normal terrific work. Thanks to Tony Parks on doing sidelines and locker rooms tonight. All the broadcast assistants uh, putting in work. Want to thank Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. We want to say thanks to our sponsor of Jazz Game Night postgame show, Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru. Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Thank you, Ben Anderson. Uh, always appreciate hanging out with you, my friend. We'll see you Monday. Monday it is. Let's make sure we bring our gifts to exchange for one another. Well, you you, you need I a, got uh, you guys I, something. I yet? got a Christmas card for you. Let's let's just say we got things for for Adrian. Okay. And then he'll get us things, but we didn't actually get him anything. Right. So we'll get presents from Adrian. I like that idea, although you saying that in front of Adrian might... He can know. hear us? The Christmas spirit is about giving, not receiving. I hope I, I hope that comes true for us. Yes. <laughs> for us. For us. On this side we of the We are given too. <laughs> Our next broadcast is going to be coming up Thursday night. The Jazz are in Atlanta. Take on the Hawks. The game will tip off at 5.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 4.30. And as always, you'll hear it right here on the Jazz Radio Network.